This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Greetings. Just a quick heads up about the show. This show was due out before Easter, but because of technical and time difficulties, we couldn't quite make it. Because there was some good stuff in the show about the playoffs and what essentially was the playoff quarterfinal against Bristol City, I've edited out anything that dated the show. So, with a new show coming out shortly, do consider this a bonus show and enjoy. When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now, so I'll play it for you. It's uh, called My Old Man. cross in and it comes and it's a fantastic save from Max O'Leary unbelievable save with an outstretched left arm has punched the ball away it looked a certain that's an incredible stop welcome to the my old man said podcast i'm david michael the editor of myoldmansaid.com and joining me for it's like the eternal celebration of victory, Dan Rogers from the Villaunderground.com and welcoming back Mr. Villa on tour, Max Stokes. Welcome, gentlemen. Good evening. Hello, this is the victory tour we're now on. Well, uh, I mean, I've only made two prophecies on this podcast. I mentioned them as we were warming up. Uh, one was when we got to the fifth win. I said, good, halfway to my required total of 10 wins. And then I said, uh, just keep the winning run going until the Game of Thrones starts or else it's going to spoil the first episode. <laughs> so uh, here we are looking forward to the Game of Thrones. Max, last time you were on the show doesn't seem that long ago until we start talking about when we were prophesizing how we'd end the season yourself chris budd and myself we were predicting yeah i think chris said we're going to have a, a good run right at the end when it doesn't matter and we'll i think we predicted like was it seventh eighth none of us predicted we'll actually make it at that stage and uh, how wrong we all were yeah i said seventh at best i think i think i said eighth or something but even to get sixth would have been mad but fifth at the moment is crazy 
And but the way we've been winning games, uh, we've we're, we're doing the whole full spectrum. I mean, obviously you were at the Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday games, and uh, the Bristol game was was another way of winning. I think the Bristol game was a bit more conventional. Uh, just reminded me of like when I started watching Villa, where you'd expect them to win at home, and uh, if it was going to be close, it was only because we weren't putting away our chances or something. And we'll get onto that game anyway. But uh, is it Max O'Leary uh, definitely made an impression uh, on on everybody with uh, some of his just ridiculous saves i think i got out of my seat three or four times to celebrate a goal and that prick was uh flipping it <laughs> over the bar or blocking it i've never heard of him before no no i think he's gone he's gone through like bristol city's youth academy and, Fair play. Uh, there's some symmetry 20. isn't there between uh him and perhaps steer he was their third choice keeper at the beginning of the season wow. yeah i mean if we get promoted maybe he's worth Adding to our collection of goalkeepers. <laughs> anyway, uh, coming up in the show, we have uh, the usual three points of uh, random football news to uh, kick things off. Some of them Villa relevant, but this isn't necessarily the uh, the premise of the three points. Just to warm ourselves up. Then we go into the Scott Hogan touch counts, and then we crack into the latest victory. Just losing count of who the actual team is that, that we're beating. We just beat everybody. Names are becoming superfluous. All you need to know about Villa Games now is three points. And then we'll wrap up with a, a brief overview of our playoff rivals still left in the... Uh, we have no rivals now, David. The game of the playoffs. Right, three points. <laughs> playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. <laughs> right, sorry. Point number one. Max Stokes, can you kick us off with the first of the three points? This is Steve Bruce's rare achievement. He becomes the first manager to lose a Football League fixture in charge of both teams since Paul Lambert of all people. Oh, Paul Cook, sorry. <laughs> so Paul Lambert. A Freudian slip. <laughs> Easy mistake to make. Definitely not Paul Lambert. It was Paul Cook, <laughs> Accrington and Chesterfield. So obviously uh, he was in charge of Villa when we lost 2-1 early in the season and of course in charge of Sheffield Wednesday. So joke's on him. <laughs> Poor old Steve. Can't get it right. Right, point number two. And we're not totally sure this has happened recently because it... Because it didn't. Because <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> Mainly. <laughs> but this was uh, submitted to the, the Mad Few Facebook group, which is the dedicated Facebook group for the show. Uh, Marcus Harrison, or also a mom's patron, submitted this just for laughs, really. But it, I think it was from uh, Football Accumulators, the betting site on their Facebook page. And uh, there's some great Facebook comments. We'll get to them in a second. Uh, but somebody says, uh, oh, this actually happened in 2011. But let's just ignore that Facebook comment and pretend it happened. Uh, Time doesn't week. matter. It's not a, it doesn't matter yeah. in the world of, of Villa, in the Villaverse. So what happened, Dan? So, so basically, uh, this is the, the story of, of a very sad story of a 17-year-old Christopher Jackom, who was uh, very sadly murdered. Um, was taken from his home to the match in his coffin. He was murdered the day before the game. Remarkable. Now, he was taken to the match the following day by the Kakuta Ultras in Colombia. Uh, and there's a remarkable picture that I'm sure we can we can put up on socials and on, on the, through the forum and whatnot of him being held aloft, shall we say, within the, in his wooden coffin. Uh, and I mean, some of the, the comments that, that go with it, are, uh, it, it's a dark humour, I suppose. But you, you can't actually think about who, how does the conversation begin in the, in the pub, you know? Oh, you know, Chris, well, Christopher has got a ticket. He probably would have wanted to have gone. 
you know, should we, yeah, I'm sure his parents won't have mind. But I mean, against the backdrop of the fact that I can't even smuggle in a bottle top or an umbrella to Villa Park these days, these, <laughs> these guys should manage to fathom to, to, how did they get him over the turnstile? Did they slide him in? Yeah, I did like the, the comment was Daniel Charlie Scott said, the sheer amount of mad decisions to get to this point is great. The ultras for going through with it, the family for allowing it. Surely there are checks at the turnstiles. What's in the coffin? A corpse? Yeah, go on in. Yeah. Is it in poor taste? I mean, I, yeah, I think it's quite funny. It's it's filler underground humour, so you, we, you can attribute it all to me, I suppose. Is is Aaron Askew who, uh, who makes a nice little song out of it? Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, you haven't got his name, Jacome. You got you got to put more stress on the Jacome. <laughs> I think there's there's enough stress on him at the moment. Uh, somebody else said, "I wondered if they charged him admission. They probably would at the villa." Yeah, they, they, they would. They, yeah, they, we would. Would have got a concession? I don't know. Coffin concession? I don't know. I mean, I don't think it would happen in English football, but just because of health and safety, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We could but, take Mika Richards. He's still alive. He's just in that uh, cryogenic oh, chamber in Bodymore Heath. Yeah, we we uh, mm. we let that one slip in the last last podcast. There's a couple of other things that we actually let slip in the Moms the Bonus podcast, which you know, if you're a patron, you'd know the information on that tour. Ian Taylor let slip that potentially the Awaker is, uh, let's say, a certain 1994 Green Muller number uh, was oh, the right. inspiration. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because he was said he said he was going to say something later about that, but then I think he was shut down. He was told to shut up. <laughs> shut <laughs> the fuck up. So uh, if uh, suddenly in a few months' time uh, there's a lot of green suddenly appearing on your social media s- screens, remember this podcast. Also, there's people talking about Kappa being the... Uh... Oh, sorry. <laughs> now, I'm not going to confirm or deny this, uh, but somebody did uh, about a month ago make a comment, like an innocuous comment saying it's Kappa when we meant when somebody was talking about Luke. Mm. And uh, it's just one of those things where you know you, you can go down the rabbit hole of believing anything. I, I mean, what happens happens. That's my assessment. I'm just waiting. You, know, you just wait for it. I don't give, I'm not losing any sleep about it. But anyway, uh, it was what's the other? There was something else that popped out of that uh, American tour. <laughs> Summer US tour. Right, moving on to point number three. I'll uh, take this one because it's close to my heart, being from Lincoln. I thought this was going to happen last season, but anyway, carry on. Last time Villa got promoted, 1987 stroke 88, Lincoln City also got promoted. What happened at Lincoln City's got promoted? Now, this double promotion, which I always look for, because obviously Villa are my main team, Lincoln uh, always keep an eye out for. Some people who are football connoisseurs will have noticed that Lincoln also got promoted last season, and indeed from the conference, which they did in 1987-88. So it was last season I thought this was going to happen. Obviously, Villa got to the playoff final. And uh, so you're thinking, well, surely it's the football god's prophecy that last season both teams were going up as they did uh, in uh, 88. Obviously, we got close, but I think there was a missing link, which uh, we don't, which we didn't have last season, but we have this season. Back in 1987, stroke 88, Lincoln had a player called John McGinley, who actually finished one of the top scorers of 20 goals for that season. What do Villa have now? A certain John McGinn. Spooky. That's weird. 
So uh, I think we're getting promoted. You heard it here first. Guaranteed promotion. You don't need to listen to this podcast anymore. Guaranteed promotion. What more do you need to hear? Before we move on, I just want to say, uh, I give a shout out to the beautiful people who have signed up as my old man said patrons uh, in the past week. Is it Azrael? Azrael? I'm presuming it's a silent Z. Alex Hoy Horans and Jonathan Mulhern. Some difficult names to pronounce uh, this week. Thanks very much for signing up as My Old Man Said patron. So please do go to myoldmansaid.com and check out the patron information there. Right, Scott Hogan touch count time. Do you know about the Scott Hogan touch count, Max Stokes? Yeah, I'm a massive fan of it. I tune in every week. <laughs> Just for that. I'm not sensing huge sincerity in, in your no, no, it's, voice it's there. It's very interesting. Since he's become a YouTube, YouTube celebrity, he hasn't had time for the Scott Hogan touch count. No, I'm being deadly serious. I love it. Hmm. Right. I'm going to come to the back of a of, of, of Aston Villa coach travel and, and very back row, and I'm, I'll be sat in it next time, and it will ruin all the beginnings of all of your videos. <laughs> I'll be lay across the back seat, nude, naked. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sorry, what were we talking about? Sheffield, Sheffield United. <laughs> Scott Hogan's new team, Sheffield United. Last two games, they drew one-one with Millwall, and then they went away to the Blues. So over these two games, how many touches from Scott Hogan in two games? Yeah, against Millwall, uh, Sheffield United had a player sent off. I'm just throwing that in there just as a clue. Did he play in both games? Did he start or...? Whose turn is it to go first? No, not mine. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you, you go first, Max. How many How many touches in the two games? Uh, let's go with 12. I'm going to go with 13. <laughs> well, Max was right on the money when he was yes. when he was pondering out loud that did he actually start these two games? Did he actually play in these two games? Oh. He didn't play in any of them. Oh, oh. mother! <laughs> I tell you, what, I couldn't hate anyone as much as Scott Hogan. <laughs> so uh, he's irrelevant, isn't he? So, he is. So Max, Max was correct with his twelve, just because he was one closer to the total of zero. <laughs> it was obviously a trick question. And uh, since Chris Budd has had you 2-0, it's now 3-0 to the opposition. Uh, <laughs> so I'm sure Chris mm. will be pleased that Max has kept up the good work in defeating Rogers. You're welcome, Chris. <laughs> I, I hope his record with Dead Mouse flops now, just out of... <laughs> if, if Scott Hogan tuned into this podcast, he, he would think this is like a some kind of concentrated... <laughs> he's irrelevant. Yes, he's some irrelevant. Concent- some concentrated hate campaign, but it isn't really. We do this in all all fondness, but we are we are beyond proving the fact that he doesn't <laughs> like to get involved in football games. Uh, we right, pass. let's get on to uh, the matter of what we saw in front of our own eyes play out at Villa Park, which I think had something you know something for everyone in that game. Plenty of chances. I really enjoyed it. Dubious decisions and. Uh, <laughs> A game that Villa, especially in the second half, were largely in control, but there was always the potential for something to happen because uh, mm. I, I watched your video, uh, Max, when you referred to the centre forward as a donkey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, and then he scored a screamer. Which, which was something that the, the person I was with, uh, at the uh, sitting next to, uh, described him at half time as, uh, I don't remember what he, what he said, but it was a var- variation on donkey. <laughs> something like fucking useless or something. <laughs> And uh, it scores an overhead kick. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, heard what people were saying about him, and <laughs> decided to. It was time to, you know, shove it down their throats. 
when I set off, I, I bike to the game. I like to combine Villa games at Villa Park with a bit of exercise, just in case the game's shit. At least I get something <laughs> out of it. But uh, I, heard, I saw a rumor on social media that Grealish was ill. I mean, actually, a lot of people direct messaged me, uh, but I never got around to looking at those messages. Never mind. <laughs> And so when I get to the ground, none the wiser, uh, not really taken seriously, uh, you know, the rumor. And then I take my seat and Grealish is obviously ill. Codge is nowhere to be seen. Obviously, Mings is suspended. And you're thinking, well, Bristol City have picked the perfect time to play us (laughs) (laughs) on our our seven winning game run. uh, And that looks in danger now. Did did you not think, though, it it presented a bit of an opportunity that we we almost needed to, in my head at least, win without Grealish? Yeah, I mean, that was the the important exercise of the day, so to speak. I mean, Mm. the the only upside we had, and if it's really an upside, was uh, Hudson was back on the bench, so at least we had some defensive... Sorry. (laughs) At least we had some defensive cover, because obviously uh, Yedinak was uh, filling in at uh, (laughs) centre-back. He played really well, by the way. Yeah, he's looked all right, to be fair, Yedinak, in the last two games. Solid. Yeah. yeah, no, he's he's uh, he's kind of been pitch perfect. If you if you didn't know about his previous, uh, you'd have no qualms whatsoever. Yeah, and he, you know, playing out the back well as well, and very composed. He was even trying a few uh, Tyrone Mings diagonal <laughs> long balls as well. Maybe you know Dean Smith said to him, "Right, I've I've watched you on tape in your previous centre back performances." Uh, Mm. So all I'm going to say is just copy what Mings does. Just yes. here, what, watch these videos. Just copy what he does, and we'll be all As right. As footballers, you're very similar. <laughs> <laughs> but when we went to um, to Bodymore, he he'd, he was doing extra training, wasn't he? And they were basically yeah, he was yeah. Uh, he was doing. I think he was training on his own with two or three coaches to the, on the on one of the other pitches while we were there. And it was just before the Sheffield Wednesday game, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. And he was he was. They were basically hoofing balls into the air, and he was he was climbing like the the buckaroo that he is to to clear yeah. them. But I think it suggested that he would come into the fold, and he played. I thought he was really solid. I think he's really good. I mean, I think the difficulty with him was, uh, and, and and you can read between the lines. Uh, Dean Smith, when he told him uh, before that Rotherham game, he said, "Oh, the f- the first defensive substitution, it'll be you, it'll be you." It's like, well, there's mm-hmm. no other defenders on the bench, you fool. <laughs> so he's obviously been <laughs> trying to reassure, you know, reassure him and make him feel that he's still part of the team. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, we'll get on to the other players. But a lot of the players that have got their chance really stepped up. You know, even Keenan Davis only had a cameo part to play, but you know, he uh, he led the line pretty well and was unlucky mm-hmm. not you know, when he muscled through. He had a good chance, and uh, was it that? prick of a keeper that saved it again yeah that world-class star o'leary uh, well at least he's uh is he son of david by I, I never looked this up but is he son of david no, surely not that'd be very fickle oh well, i see what you did there very good yeah. uh f- right first <laughs> off the first the first real incident was uh andy vyman's uh offside goal which uh the bristol b- bench went a- absolutely psycho they'd gone psycho earlier on hadn't they what was, yeah. what was a couple of them got booked but there was an incident before that kind of riled them up. I can't Everything seemed to set them off, like from throwing going the wrong way to... And there was, the, you know, there was some dubious refereeing, but I think it was consistently bad both ways. But they were up off the bench at every opportunity and running out of the technical area, technical areas, weren't they? The goal itself, I mean, I, I noticed the uh, the linesman's flag go up before uh, the ball actually got to Vyman. So, right. I, you know, just sitting there, didn't I wasn't kind of fooled into celebrating that. But uh, have you looked back on it since? Oh, I haven't seen it back because obviously the Quest Tim Pot highlights, you can only see the normal, the normal angle. You don't mm. get all the angles that you get. But I haven't seen it, but... 
apparently the Bristol fans went absolutely balmy because I was sitting the whole end mm. and I've, I've heard from people in the North Stand that they went absolutely mental for a couple of seconds. So that's yeah. funny. Yeah, no. So, I, think, so... I think the issue you get with is, is the what assistant referees do is that they, even though the the offside has happened or the, the infringement has happened, they never put their flag up until the you know play's gone on. A few seconds. I never understand that. This one was up early though. Because I saw it before the ball was, you know, even got on Vyman's head, or was certainly not, in, you know, certainly in the net. I mean, I look, I've looked back on it, and it's kind of you know, contentious. Fifty-fifty, <laughs> you would say, and I'm, I'm not being biased uh, because I saw, uh, you know, Lee Johnson's post-match saying oh, it was offside. So when I looked at it, I, I looked at it with the view that it was offside, and then when you see, it, you're like, well, not from this, not from the angle I'm seeing. It's not, you know, it's not a no-brainer. Lee Johnson's it would be like having someone from Love Island managing your team. He's, he's, it's painful watching him speak. And you think week after week, would you have to tolerate that little that little mouth of his going, <laughs> what little excuse can I fathom for the fact that we've, we're shit and we've lost here again? I remember when we beat them 5-0 and his post-match was all right, I thought, because when they were 2-0 down, he, he, he said, right, well, you know, we've got nothing to lose now. Let's go for it. And that's why they opened up so much. And that's why, obviously, we run him through. And and he struck me as like one of the you know the bright coaches of the future, potentially anyway. Types. It's a future Paul Lambert for me. I just don't like the guy. <laughs> Have you seen the video of um, Lee Johnson? I think it was pre-season training with Bristol a couple of years ago. It's like a four-minute clip of him taking training sessions, and it's so similar to David Brent. Like all the comments, are like he's so David Brent. And once people point it out, you can see it. He really is. It's so funny. There we go. All right, that's prosecution the rests. Yeah. Prosecution go. rests. I'll uh, I'll take back my defence. Uh, sorry, Your Honour. Uh, I, I was just <laughs> like to give everybody a fair go, but obviously, uh, nope, not interested in equity over here. Carry on. How much are we sentencing uh, Lee Johnson for? Uh, just death, I think. Death. That's suitable. Yep, <laughs> Max agreed. Thank you, passed. <laughs> talk, talk, <laughs> talking about his... Uh, he got booked, didn't he? He was, he was one of the two that got booked, I'm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Somebody pointed out that... You know, what's, what's the person who sits behind you? Uh, the, uh, twat at the back. That's what, yeah, the twat at the back, not the cunt in front. <laughs> <laughs> the twat at the back pointed out, I overheard him say... Uh, actually, they were, they were quite entertaining, whoever was sitting behind me. Uh, he said, have you noticed how that at least six or seven of the Bristol players look exactly the same? <laughs> Yeah, they had identical beards, hair. Yeah, identical beards, hair and everything. And he said they must like, when a couple of them got booked in the first half, they must have like half time just like swapped shirts or something just to uh, put the ref off so they don't get sent off. Yeah, they don't get sent off in the second half. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a bit it's a bit of a strange uh, strange setup. They've got a bit of a inbreeding, I think, there. <laughs> that <laughs> is Bristol. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking web feet and right, right. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> When Villa get the penalty, who did you think would be stepping up in your heart of hearts? I enjoyed those few seconds where Whelan had the ball under his arm. Did anyone else <laughs> notice that? I thought, this is the moment of redemption. It approaches. <laughs> Max, uh, did you think Abraham was going to pick up or were you looking around for other contenders? Because obviously Codger wasn't on the pitch. Well, that second penalty we had on Wednesday, I was surprised he didn't take it then mm-hmm. because you need to get your confidence back as quick as possible. And fair play to him, he stepped up. Yeah. Uh, I thought El Ghazi could have had it, or but fair play to Abraham, he took it straight down the middle. You can't go wrong. Did El Ghazi want it? Probably. Because yeah, I, I saw, I think El Ghazi was like motioning to take it. I also saw him wanting yeah. to take a free kick, and he was told to get lost. I think Horahan uh, 
waved him away. So he, he, it's good to see him uh, enthusiastic anyway, El Ghazi. And he had a good game. I mean, he's, he pretty much set up everything, set up Horahan's goal, set him up for that point-blank range header that he should have really done better with. He was kind of uh, the creator, which is something that Villa obviously needed. They needed him really to step up in the absence of Grealish. Uh, I mean, in the first half, I wanted to see El Ghazi dribble a bit more and take him on because obviously that's uh, mm. where Jack steps up. He commits their players and uh, that's what we needed really to create a bit more room because obviously Bristol were, were staying fairly rigid in the, in how they were defending and dealing with us. I thought once Al Ghazi was given um, the opportunity to isolate their right back. Um, oh, he was, yeah. He, it was he, we, unplayable, I think. I think that was uh, obviously uh, the preparation to the game. I think they'd mm. identified their right back as the weakness because they've set about him. Well, him and, him and Taylor, just the, the interplay, they've got an understanding, I think. And uh, to be fair, on the other side, Elmo and uh, Elmo and Adoma did okay for, for a bit as well. But just focusing back on, on Taylor and, and Al Ghazi, I think that they that interplay where they're playing the small triangles and whenever they could, Al Ghazi could get out there and, um, I mean, he must have put what, three or four balls in with absolute ease. He had the complete run of that guy. Yeah, no, I think they definitely targeted him because uh, I think most of the player, in the, especially the first half was down that flank mm. but the uh, the guy who we mentioned at the top of the show that was uh he made it a game that was open uh until the end uh, max o'leary their 22 year old goalkeeper i mean the last time i saw i think there was definitely there was three saves where i got up to celebrate basically them as goals and i think i, I remember schmeichel uh i think it was when villa played leicester in the uh, FA Cup was it the quarterfinal I think before we played West Brom uh, it would have been the round before the quarterfinal because obviously we played the West Brom in the quarterfinal 2015 and Schmeichel was, was amazing and it was I think it was 2-1 to Villa so same score I think Hudson scored the winner but I, I never really believed the hype about Schmeichel Jr and then mm. I saw him uh, in that game against Villa Park and I thought oh fucking hell he actually has developed into he's a good annoyingly keeper good, is a is a shop stopper type, yeah. uh, and this guy uh, was almost identical. He just reminded me of him. I mean, some of the saves were just ridiculous. Well, do, do you know at the time it was? I just remember thinking because there was a couple that that Hurahan uh, was unlucky with, and I was I was actually sat there thinking, was that a fantastic save or was it a terrible miss? But the more I think about it, the the two or three stops the guy makes are just particularly the one in the second half um, from Hurahan. I think that's a great save as well. Yeah, did was uh, Max O'Leary putting doubts in your mind, Max? Well, I think that, that one against Horahan when he was like two yards out, it, it was, I only realised how good a save it was when I watched it back. Yeah. He, he tips it over. I don't know how, but was he that was the on one absolute where he like, kind of flicks out at it? Yeah, was, with his was, leg, I think. What was the one where he saves the initial shot and it comes back and then he makes a great save on the, uh, the second shot? That, that, was a, that was a different one. Is that the one it? where you had an edit it down or was that a separate one? There were so many, so many saves. He, he, had a, he had a good game. I'll, I'll let him have I'll, He can have that. <laughs> He's not welcome back. <laughs> Sign him. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I thought Whelan was was super solid. He was the difference. His performances probably in the last few games, I mean, obviously Rotherham uh, was a bit of a... uh, a wild card game, but certainly against Bristol City, you saw the difference of having Whelan in the team. Mm. When uh, that two 0 lead became two one, normally would be a bit nervy about that, but Whelan pretty much is is there. Any remnants of get them getting any momentum, he was dealing with it, and with absolute calm as well. That would be my observation. Yeah. Even even in and around our the D on our on our penalty area when he was intercepting those things, the, the, the pass off or the layoff when he had intercepted or disrupted was was just uber calm. And I think that's especially in Mings's absence against Bristol City, I thought that was important. But Yedinak also was super calm as well. I mean I think that's his uh, default position. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like half comatized comatose. But it but also he is obviously it's experience and, and the two of them I think were they kind of set the tone to get that win over the line. Mm. Ultimately, as in the Rotherham game, I mean, McGinn is—he just makes me laugh when I'm watching him because he's—he's he's just so—he's he's on another planet it's in terms of le- watching in, McGinn. I'm sorry. <laughs> in terms of levels, I mean, it made me laugh. Uh, probably the favourite one this time was—he was put clean through. He was into the 18-yard box. I think he was going from the right wing cutting in mm. and he kind of ran it up to let's say uh, he's in between the edge of the 18 and the edge of the six yard box and then he just decides to turn round and run it <laughs> down to the corner flag bringing half of their defense with him and yeah. <laughs> he could have potentially have scored there but he thought yeah so let's have some fun and let's and let's then- wind the clock down because if he had a shot and it rebounded out there was nobody in support, so yeah. he, he totally played the percentages there. But it was just like that's, that's just inspired. And then he sort of turned it on its head again in the, in the final moments when he he had the corner and he he drove across. He did the oh, dummy and drove across the. I mean, if he'd have scored that goal, I would have definitely spontaneously combust because it was <laughs> it's just one of the most outrageous pieces of skill. Where he thought, well, surely he's not going to. Yes, he is going to hammer the ball towards goal. I think that was another fantastic save. Actually, to come to think of it, how tall is McGinn? He's like five foot eight. Five foot nine, but the way he just spreads himself whenever anyone's near him and no yeah. one can get the ball, it's, it's amazing to watch. I was right? about to say the last time we saw him, he was lay down, wasn't he? In uh, in Bodymore Heath, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I remember thinking, wow, what, what big thighs you have. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's this weird thing we, on this tour of uh, Body Mind. We walk through, walk through the gym door. And he's lay on the floor right in front and, of the, us. And, and so the gym door's got this sign on the front saying, uh, talk to each other. Yeah. And you think, well, that's uh, a bit weird. We, yeah. we, we've had this conversation on uh, on another pod, but uh, basically stay off, you know, get off your phones, talk mm-hmm. to each other, interact. Anyway, you walk in, do you know when there's like a group of people <laughs> and they're led through a door to look at something and you all stand there looking? We were face to face with John McGinn lying on the gym floor <laughs> doing some stretches or weights. He was odd. looking at us, we were looking at him. And, and they sort like, of gathered oh. us around and he could have been no yeah. more than two foot away whilst he's thinking, I'm trying to stretch here on my yoga yeah. mat. And we're all sort of looking at him on easy going mm. it's like when you walk in a, in a scene in a hollywood film where you walk into it they walk into a saloon bar and everyone just stops yeah <laughs> awkward silence but also through the back of your mind going uh why isn't he outside with the rest of the <laughs> players is he injured is he injured is he injured are we doomed is our winning run coming to an end <laughs> well there's this thing with the bookings isn't there i think it, what's that about it's if you reach 15 isn't it that's the yeah. kicker hmm and people are asking, does that carry on through to the playoffs? I think it's a life ban if he reaches 15 or something like that. I mean, I don't want to, to worry people. <laughs> anyway, Davis, we've already mentioned his uh, good cameo. Lansbury managed to play 10 minutes without getting injured. That was, yeah, I did uh, notice they put the critical care ambulance by the side of the pitch as soon as he ran on, just in case. But no, I was, I was kind of half hoping he was going to score, and then that would give him the confidence. So then suddenly you're looking at the squad and everybody's, mm pretty much chomping at the bit and obviously Dean Smith's got a mass of uh, selection uh, options and uh, I think it's getting like that as long as uh, Courtney House comes back Elphix on his way back by the end of April so we'll be entering that playoffs in good shape and and here's something for you to ponder which I was thinking about earlier on is uh, a lot of people talk you know think about fatigue you know it's a long season you get to the playoffs uh, you know mentally can you get up for it again but if you look at a lot of our players they haven't actually had a long season Grealish he's mm. had a good three months off Mings Courtney House hardly played for you know for years never mind uh, this season <laughs> true Steer you know in and out Taylor in and out Elmo in and out Abraham's probably the only one who's done the slog but you know he's, he's pretty much game so there's the freshness about this team Horahan kind of in and out so I think we were a bit more jaded going into the playoffs last season but this season, there's there's a freshness about the team that's, and there's a lot of key players that are fresh as a daisy. So I think that's why we're a real danger. I mean, I saw um, a couple of discussion with Leeds fans talking about how they didn't want to drop in. I mean, I think they have bad luck in playoffs anyway, historically. But would you agree with this uh, this idea of Villa being pretty fresh at the moment, despite it being the end of the season? Yeah, as you said, there's a lot of players coming in and out, but that doesn't show on the pitch because there's such a togetherness there that maybe you wouldn't expect if it was, you know, as you said, a team with players coming in and out. But whoever plays, it looks like they've been playing together for years. Mm. And even without Grealish, we've shown that we can win now. Because before, when Grealish was injured, it was like, ah, oh, there's no way we're going to win without him. And even without him, without Mings, the togetherness is there and we can pull through and get these results in a, in a lot of different ways because we can we can go and blast teams away, but we can also grind out results and that, that's so important in winning games, basically. Because I, I thought that Rotherham game was, was a good test of where this Villa team is at the moment because in, in years, seasons past, you see Manchester United could goal down or you know level and then they go down to 10 men and they still win. Mm. 
Like, mm. it's not even a question. It, the only question is, oh, this this makes it a little bit more difficult for them. It's not like, you saw on social media um, during that Rotherham game, that's our fucking running over. When we went 1-0 down, got Ming sent off, I said, suddenly uh, the playoff picture doesn't look so rosy because obviously you've got missing Mings in the Bristol game and you're down to 10 men. Suddenly it wasn't as good as before the game kicked off. And that was the test. I mean, I, I caveat by saying uh, this game isn't over yet. And that was basically saying this is the test. If this is a good Villa team and you look at the players man for man and you know that with Horahan, McGinn and Grealish, you've got enough talent in there to make up for a lost man and still boss that midfield and you know we discussed it on the last show where smith made that positive move of putting codger up front mm-hmm. playing up to you know four three two and a winger can be in and out of a game and uh, it doesn't really matter I think for the first time as well we've we've got some 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 confidence to to roll players in and out of that squad where you can you know we've 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 been essentially rotating Whelan and and Huran to some to some degree but when we you know with with Mings dropping out it was refreshing to be able to see Tuanzebi come in albeit yeah. alongside Yedinak and to be honest with a high degree of confidence where you, you know you weren't concerned about about Tuanzebi at all and then that's really refreshing you know even a matter of weeks ago you'd have been looking at a scenario where we had no recognised centre half uh, yeah. just in that position and and I think that that's I think. I think it breeds confidence and, and I'd, I'd reference Codger's performance against Rotherham as, as an example of that, that a player who previously has looked quite disinterested and lost suddenly looked, um, you know, very potent indeed. Because I think about that Rotherham game, it kind of, for want of a better term, it's uh, increased our... Uh thresholds for pain if you know what i mean we we we, we realize we could actually get out of this situation and i think that gives you your team a confidence mm. to battle adversity so going into that bristol city game suddenly there's no mings there's no grealish there's no codger but you th- that you know the team must be thinking well we got out of that mess in uh you know at rotherham and uh there's not this defeatist attitude where you think oh fuck and hopefully this is gonna and you know this is gonna rub off on fans where we have this by all means necessary attitude doesn't matter what is thrown at us we still think we're gonna win and if we get that it's not our, not Villa fans' fault, but we've been through seven years of shit, at least. Well, maybe that's for the first time we're starting to see that actually we have got a team. I think that rather yeah. than we've been heavily dependent upon the individual over, must be getting on for longer than seven years. <laughs> to me, it feels like we're always saying well, seven yeah, years. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we've, we're, we're supporting the name Aston Villa, but we're not necessarily yeah. having any faith in those 11 players in front of us because we don't really believe in them. But now we actually believe in this team and that makes a hell of a lot of difference when it comes to supporting absolutely i, I took a risk actually uh and sat uh, in the trinity with some friends and normally when i sit in this place villa don't win so uh that's increased my threshold the curse has been lifted the curse has been lifted but uh the whole tend i thought was at times was was great it's like a level above i mean obviously there was a, a full you know it was a sellout but it's did you notice nice. that in did you notice that in the halt that it was a bit more uh, louder than usual? And were, were people standing up most of the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, where I else, mean, you, uh, you all stand up at the back, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, d- I don't know, Dan. The lower halt is that was that good? Because when I was there last season, it was a bit a bit ropey. I think the lower halt, and I've been very open about this for for a long time, has, has suffered for. Uh, <laughs> I, I how can I put it? It's got an age issue where if I if you look at my block, for instance, I used to be. I'm probably still one of the younger people in that block. 
you know, not a lot of yeah. not a lot of new blood comes onto the halt end all of the time, particularly yeah. in the lower. But the last few weeks, you, I've started to see a lot of you, you know, you know, people are people are bringing their kids again, people are bringing young kids, and I think that what that does is it, it puts a bit of excitement, and and I think it gets it gets those people. You know, we've just been talking about like seven or eight years of feeling a bit lost with the club. It reinvigorates yeah. you, and you do bring your mate back, and you do bring the the people who were season ticket holders or went on away days before back. Yeah, I was going to say that, I, I mean, I was the Holt side of the Trinity and in the lower bit, when the you know, Alley 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 mm. song started up and any big chance, lots of kids stood up yep. in the in the Trinity at the bottom, waving scarves and whatever. And I thought, oh, here's, you know, here's the young blood. And I'm thinking, but this is how you actually get all sides of the stands rocking. It's, it's probably up to the kids because everybody else is a bunch of jaded old fucks. But, uh, <laughs> to, but to I put think it the other thing is that we've got, we're starting to get some genuine idols for the first time. And I, I guess I've, it sounds perhaps contradictory to be saying that, you know, we've got a team yeah. for the first time. But, you know, I've got a little lad who it's been really hard to get him interested in football for a couple of years. He's getting to that age where he's, you know, he follows it a little bit now. But to see, a, yeah. you know, someone like Jack Grealish is, is obviously an idol. But if, you know, I think about when I was growing up watching football, Someone like John McGinn is exactly yeah. the kind of player you want to emulate when you when you're playing yourself, isn't it? Well, John McGinn's an actual player that I w- I, I would uh, big up to you know friends who support other you know Premier League teams, yeah. whoever they support, yeah. and go this this guy is as good as any you know anybody you've got. But I think something what that he- combines is to it, it lifts the atmosphere and it lifts the it lifts the tempo of the crowd. And though there were nervy moments against Bristol City, I, I thought that the they didn't lose the ground at any any point. And though there was that moment of oh god at two one is and we're going to have one of these moments at no point did that was that reflected by the team you know and I think no it always I mean in terms of chances it always looked like we were going to get the third I mean yeah, you know, absolutely I mean we had was 11 shots on target and you know, 25 shots overall I mean 25 shots overall is ridiculous because going back we were under Lambert's and even at Sh- in Sherwood's uh, time when when we got relegated uh, we were struggling to get one shot in a game and a good measure, actually, is is how many people stayed behind after full time. Yeah, you know, there was huge, huge amounts of people who stayed behind. Apart from Max, who was who was running down the stairs to get get on the train to get his videos edited. If you think I get mine off quick, I was I was sat behind this other geezer at the villa, and he was editing during the game. What? <laughs> what? What are you doing, mate? Like I know I'm. Yeah, but some people say I'm bad with the camera, but just no, nah, that's that's way too far. That's crazy. Yeah, no, it's because it's, uh, you know I watch. I think I watched one of your videos uh, a couple of days ago from the point of view, like going to a music <laughs> concert and seeing like loads of pricks with their mobile yeah, phones out. And it just, so I was looking at it like from that point of view, because uh, you, you had some people, you know, you always have those comments if you're, doing a youtube thing at a game yeah you know or, you know enjoy the fucking games but i think i think you strike the balance because you are enjoying and you're completely involved in the game and i don't think you and the boys are hamming it up to the camera if you know what i mean because there's some youtube no. channels are just hamming it up and yeah. uh, like celebrations and shit and it's just like oh come on give it completely know. natural give it but you're yeah what, what's the uh unnatural <laughs> that's the new villa on tour yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's i think that's a success because it's it's there's a genuineness to it yeah it's not contrived i'm sure he was editing in the stand that's what i heard he, he said that oh. a, a person behind me was editing bollocks it's that huge huge team he's got with him now he's a big celebrity yeah i get my uh, my people to edit <laughs> did you notice how many people still left on the 80 minute mark it's definitely a mark 80 minutes is definitely a, a mark that, isn't it i don't get that because when you think in 80 minutes, what, what you're leaving to beat the queues. Now, 
I would be thinking 85, 86. <laughs> if that's your motivation, that's when you go. You, but to leave at 80, and, and it was dead on. As soon as that clock went 80, lots of people started to leave. I looked over to the Holt. A lot of the lower Holt were, were leaving. And you just think, that's that's the ninth. You know, that's that's like a big chunk of the game. It's like 10 bloody minutes. You know, how much are you paying for this? Mm-hmm. But if you want to beat the traffic, you know, treat yourself to an extra five minutes. I'll tell you what, though. The Aston train station after the game was an absolute shambles. Like, I don't want to defend people leaving early, but my God, that's not the worst I've ever seen it. I think I hung around chatting to some people for, maybe, let's say, 10 minutes after the game. And, and I was in the stadium probably about five, 10 minutes after the game as well. And I biked down the canal, so I went past the Aston station. And yeah, it was uh, it was still crazy then. And I, and I just thought it would have cleared by that time. It's not, it's not normally too bad, but I'm not complaining. Yeah. Anyway, who's going to win the title race? Manchester City or Liverpool? City. Pray it's Man City. I think the playoffs is, is going to be tougher this time. Tougher than last year because, you know, last year we only had to play Middlesbrough home and away. No problem. But this time against the Baggies, uh, who we failed to beat this season, it will be a tougher proposition. And then the final will be uh, a decent game. Unless Middlesbrough beat Leeds. We've got to play Middlesbrough in the final. I'm not even going to Wembley. It's such a foregone conclusion, he says. Of course, Middlesbrough will win that game if that happens. <laughs> oh, God. So, until the next game, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. My old man said... The, uh, the mill wall malarkey. When the iron wall descends <laughs> on uh, Witten Lane. <laughs> Family club of the year, you mean? The family club of the year, was it uh, 2015 or something? They've obviously gone gone downhill since then. Brilliant. I think I mentioned the story, I'll say it again just for Mac's benefit, but uh, apparently, I mean, this is how the Millwall, uh, how far away from family club of the year they are. Villa played Millwall in a youth cup game. Uh, this is about three or four years ago. And Millwall fans came and they got caught at a petrol station because they were buying petrol to make Molokov cocktail bombs to throw into pubs around the Aston area on, on a youth game. <laughs> wow. It's, it's just, Fact. it's like, it's not as if, it's like, why bother coming up? Because if you're looking for a bit of a scrap with Villa fans, there's no fucking Villa fan, you know, you know, kind of hardcore-ish type lads go to youth games. So it's like, Jesus Christ, you know, youth games aren't really the, the right, it's not the right time for petrol bombs through, uh, you know, wind. Bombs. Poor planning. <laughs> so, <laughs> poor planning, yeah, wasting money on all that petrol. Well, do you remember Do you remember last year they had a photo on the whole end of all these Millwall fans? Yeah. With, like, and it was like eight o'clock in the morning when there was no one there. Yeah. Is that is that Max Stokes calling out Millwall fans? Though? We just uh, yeah, any Millwall fans. Uh, <laughs> title. <laughs> yep, that's it. No, no, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, but yeah, it's, uh, it's they must have stayed overnight in Birmingham for that. It's a bit bit of a strange one. Christ. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.